All right, so we'll say good morning, good morning. We have an incredible, really incredible daf ahead of us. Halacha, agarata, hashkafa, a little bit of everything in merit session this morning. Begin by thanking our sponsor, Atamator sponsors for the month of Adar Aleph. Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Sherman's Rushos this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Zacharia Ben Zacharia and Dina Bas Rabdov and Art and Sherry Miller for dedicating the Sherman's Rushos this month in loving memory of Art's brother, Richard Miller, Ruvain Ben Betzalel Barachal. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an aliyah and the families in Nechamu Rabos. So with that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf test, nine. We are picking up on Ches Amud Beis 8b. Let's just pick up again, if you don't mind, we're going to move back a little bit and just begin with Amar Ula, which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 17 lines up in the bottom. We started this sugya already yesterday, but let's just dive back in. Amar Ula, Amar Rish Lakish. Ula says, Rabbi says, follows. Rish Lakish says, if a person set aside 10 Chagiga animals, remember again, we're talking about over here, Shalmei Chagiga, right? Shalmei Chagiga. Person separated out 10 Shalmei Chagiga, and what happened? So let's say you offered up five on the first day. You can go ahead and offer up the remaining five on the second day of Yomtev. Rabbi Yochanan Amr, no. Rabbi Yochanan, on the other hand, said, no, that's not Talacha. Whatever you offered up on day number one is what you offered up. And once you stopped offering up Shami Chagiga, you cannot continue. You cannot continue. And I will say, what's, what's the issue over here? The concern that Rashi seems to highlight is that Halacha Lemaisa, there's an issue of Baltosef. I mentioned this yesterday. Baltosef means you're not allowed to add on to the mitzvahs. We already learned already. We already learned that the pasuk says v'chagosem oso. You shall go ahead and celebrate on it. On it tells us that the carbon chagiga is offered up on the first day of yomtiv. So therefore, working backwards, Rabbi Yochanan says whatever you offered up on day number one, that's what you offered up. And if you go ahead and offer up more chagigas on day number two, that's called baltosif. That's called baltosif. That's called adding on to mitzvahs. And one is not allowed to do that. Reish Lakish, on the other hand, seems to feel unconcerned and seems to feel that halacha lamay said there's no issue of Baal Tosef. So let's delve into this machlokis a little bit. Very exciting. So it says the Gemara, Am Rabbi Abba, Velopligi. The truth is Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish are actually not arguing. There's no machlokis. Kan bistam, kan bimifarish. They both say two different cases. One is talking about a case where I both say a person set aside these 10 animals for Chagigas, and Halacha Lamaisa, he did not articulate anything. That's the Gemara saying, if you didn't articulate anything, that's where whatever you offered up on day one, you offered up, and anything left over cannot be offered up. Now, when we say cannot be offered up, it means cannot be offered up as a carbon Chagiga. On the other hand, Kan Bimefarish, we'll say now this is actually very interesting. If a person explicitly said, a person explicitly said, that I'm setting aside 10 Chagiga animals to offer up on the first day of Yom Tiv. A person said those words. And now let's say what happened. You offered up five. You could offer up the remaining five on day number two. Why? There's no issue of Baltosif. Why is there no issue of Baltosif? Because since I explicitly said that I'm setting aside these animals to be, left, to, to, to be offered on day number one, whatever is left over and offered on day number two Day number two is viewed as a tashlumen, as a makeup 
for day number one. So I will say, see here, the distinction, a very important distinction. If you just set aside, actually, this, this is Rabbi Abba suggesting. If you just set aside 10 animals for carbon, you don't say anything. So whatever you offer up on day one, that's what you offer up. You can't offer up anything else on day two. Concern of Baal However, if halacha lemaisa, if halacha lemaisa, I set aside 10 animals, and I say I'm offering up these animals on day number one, whatever, and then I have left over, I can offer up the rest on day number two. It's not baltosif because day two is viewed as a makeup, a tashlumin for day number one. That, that's Rabbi Abba's suggestion. So the Gemara says, well, let's analyze this. Hi, stam hechidami. Let's talk about the case where you don't explicitly say anything. Let's talk about this. So the Gemara says, what's the case? So we'll say, if you want to say it's a case where I didn't say anything. In other words, I, I, didn't, say, I didn't say that I'm separating out the Chagigas for day number one. I just didn't say anything. So we'll say, so what's the case? If I'm offering up carbon Chagigas and I just simply run out of time, then it's circumstantially clear that the reason I didn't finish offering up the carbon Chagigas is why? Why? I ran out of time. So if I ran out of time, I will say, I really should be able to go ahead and offer up the rest of the karbanos on day number two, because in that case, it's clear that day number two is a tashlum and a makeup for day number one. Okay, so maybe it's a case where the reason I didn't offer up the rest of the chagigas is why I don't have enough people to consume all of the meat. Well, if that's the case, then I will say it's clear the reason I didn't offer up the chagigas is because I don't have people to consume the meat. If that's the case, then perhaps it should be permitted to go ahead and offer it up on day number two as well. To which the Gemara says, Therefore, the Gemara says, you're right. The case has to be as follows. The case of Stammer, Rabosai, is the following case. I separate out 10 carbonos for Chagiga, and what happens? I offer up five. I offer up five. Now, the case is where there's more than enough time to what? Offer up the remaining five. And there's also more than enough mouths to feed, right? There's more than enough people to eat. So in a case like that, where you didn't explicitly say that these carbonos are for day one, and there's enough time to offer up all of the carbonos, and there's enough people to eat all of the meat, right? In that kind of case where you leave over the karbonos for day number two for no good reason, then Allah can't offer up the rest of them on day number two because that's going to look like baltosif, says the Gemara. This seems to be clear. The Gemara says, The following, If a person separated out ten animals, first carbon, rishon, person offered up five of them on the first day of Yom Tif. You could offer up the remaining five on day number two. But that poses a contradiction. We just said before that if you separate out ten Chagigas and what? You only offered up five. You cannot offer up the remaining five on day number two. How do you reconcile it? Not a shayla. Elaf shmamina kan bistan kan bistam kan b'mafari shmamina. Therefore, I will say we keep reverting back to the same distinction of stam versus mafarish. So I will say so once again. The distinction that the Gemara is focusing on is as follows: If I separate out ten chagigas. So I'll say, again, let's, let's, keep, let's keep with the simple case. The simple case is, I separate out 10 Chagigas and I say, my intention is to offer up all of these Karbanos on day number one. 
And for some reason, I only, we're going to discuss the reason, I only offer up some of them on day number one. What can I do with the rest? What can I do with the rest? Offer them up on day number two. Because in this case, because I explicitly set them aside to be offered up on day number one, anything left over for day number two is not considered to be baltosif, but rather it's considered to be a tashlumen. Day number two is a makeup for day number one. Whereas if I just go ahead and separate out 10 carbonos for a chagiga, and I don't say anything, and I only offer up five on day number one. By the way, five is, it doesn't matter five. It could be five, it could be six, it could be nine. The point is I left something over for day number two, right? And assuming there was enough time to offer up everything and there were enough people to go ahead and eat the meat, if I leave over, I can't offer up that carbon chagiga on day number two for that is considered to be baltosif. Itmar nami, so listen, listen to this. We only learned that this applies when you didn't finish. When you didn't finish. In other words, Rabosai, we only learned that halacha lamaisa, that halacha lamaisa, you can't offer up the chagiga in number two when you didn't finish. Aval gamar, chozer umakrev. But if you finished, you could go ahead and continue to offer. So Rabosai, the Gemara says, my, my gamar. What does that mean, gamar? What does that mean? So it says the Gemara, listen to this, ilema gamar karbonosav, if you say that it means you finished your carbonos, so my makrib, then what is there what is there to go ahead and offer up? Rather it means that what? That halakhalamaisa the day didn't finish. Aval gamar hayom, but we'll say if you ran out of time, if you ran out of time, then ultimately chos your makrib. So we'll say this is another very important distinction. In other words, halakhalamaisa, there are essentially two ways. The, it seems sounds like from the Gimara, two ways that you could offer up remaining chagigas on day number two. What are the two ways? Either you explicitly said that what? You explicitly said that, again, everything is for day number one, right? Or or it sounds like over here that halacha lamaisa, if it wasn't ones. Ones means what? You just ran out of time. You just ran out of time. It's a lot, it's a lot to offer up 10 carbonos. So, so may, maybe you just went ahead and ran out of time, and that's why you didn't offer it up. So we'll say, so how do we pass in halacha lamaisa? So we'll say, so listen to this. So the Rambam writes, the Rambam writes in Hilchos Chagiga, Perek Beis Halacha Zayin. Listen to this. Hifrish Eser Behemos La Chagiga. So, Vehikrif Mehen Miksasim Berishon Upasak. So I'll say, so listen to this. Person separated out 10 chagigas. 10 chagigas. And I'll say, you know, when she asked me yesterday after the shir, you know, why, why would a person separate out 10 chagigas? Because right? remember, again, you could also separate out shamei simcha. Right? And I remember we also saw in yesterday's daf that there are so many, like there are financial advantages. So I, I, again, I tried to look around that. I, couldn't, I could not find the compelling reason as to why. Hey, somebody did chagigas, whatever. Maybe a person likes carbon chagiga. I couldn't find the compelling reason why you would separate out 10, ten chagigas. Unless, of course, maybe a person is offering them up on behalf of a number of individuals. That's the other possibility. Then maybe, maybe they're not all my carbonos. Right? Maybe I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm representing a chevra. Possible, but from an individual perspective, you know, why somebody would offer up multiple chagigos instead of utilizing shamei simcha, where for shamei simcha, remember again, as we saw in yesterday's daf, you could use pretty much any kind of money. I don't know, I don't have a good answer for that. In any event, so the Ramam writes as follows. Ramam says, a person separated out 10 animals for a chagiga. Here's our case. You offered up some of them on the first day of Yamtif, on the first day of Yamtif, upasak. And then you stopped. So there's leftover chagigas. 
Shuv eno chozer umakriv ashar shaharishir osam. So the Raman Paskins, whatever you left over to day number two, you cannot offer up as a carbon chagiga. Cannot offer up as a carbon chagiga. Ve'imlo pasak ela dachko hayom. I will say, but if, let's say, it's not the pshat that you just stopped, but rather what? You ran out of time. You ran out of time. The day ended. You could offer up the rest tomorrow. So I will say, so I just want to point out over here, the Rambam, the Rambam does not really get into the distinction between Stam and Mefarish. According to the Rambam, what's it all about? It's all about if you ran out of time. Right? If you have enough time to offer up all of the Chagigas and you don't do so, whatever you offered, you offered. Whatever you didn't offer cannot be offered up as a Chagiga the next day. But if you're offering up Chagigas and you simply run out of time, Halach Lamaisa, the Rambam says, whatever is left over can be offered up the next day. Incredible. Both say that's Halach Lamaisa. Both say now we come to a beautiful, beautiful Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Mishaloch Chag, Biyamta Rishon Shachag, Chogigas Kalaregel, Biyamta Achron Shachag. So both say now listen to this. Person, what happens if a person didn't go ahead and offer up their Chagiga? So I will say, in this case over here, this is, we're going to see, there was some reason why I didn't offer up my Chagiga on the first day of Yom Tiv. Now, this Mishnah is framing this by Sukkis. So if I didn't offer up my Chagiga on the first day of Sukkis, not a problem. You can bring your Chagiga over the course of the entirety of Sukkis. I will say, I just want to point out, this is different than our previous case. The case we were just dealing with is what happened. What happened in our case? I offered Chagigas on day one, right? I separated a whole bunch of Chagigas. And simply again, I have leftover Chagigas, right? I have leftover Chagigas. So now the Shaila is, what can I do with the leftover Chagigas? That's different than our case over here. This case is, I didn't offer any Chagiga on day number one. So the Mishnah says, if for some reason you missed out on day number one, you can always go ahead and offer it up over the course of the rest of Yom Tiv. Furthermore, Yom Tiv Ha'achron Shachag. say, this is why it's good to illustrate this by Sukkis. You can even make up your Chagiga when? When? Shmini Yatzeres. Shmini Yatzeres. And Rebosei, what's the Chiddish in that? What's the Chiddish? Even though Shmini Yatzeres is a regal bifne atzmos, it's only like Rebosei, remember again, a little Chazara by Sukkis. Shmini Yatzeres is regal bifne atzmos. Remember again, six things. Pizar Kishav, right? Pizar Kishav, excellent. Pizar Kishav. So I'll say, you might have thought that Shmini Atzeres, there's no makeup. No, even if you forgot your Chagiga over the course, ultimately, of the entire Yom, you make it up on, on Shmini Atzeres. So, I'll say, watch this, what a profound statement in the Mishnah. What happens if I, if all of Yom Tiv went by, Sukkis went by, Shmini Atzeres went by, and I never offered up the Chagiga, Eino Chayev Ba'achra Yusuf. I will say, there's no makeup. Right? You're not. I will say, now, now when you read that statement, so how does it make you feel? At first glance, it makes you feel good, right? I, I have no responsibility. I have no responsibility. Okay. Look, look at the next line of the Mishnah. Al Ne'emar, about this Shlomo HaMelech said in Kohelis, Mu'uvas lo yuchaliskon, that which is crooked cannot be fixed. The chesron lo yuchalihimanos. And that which is missing cannot be counted. See, Rabbi say, lest you think that Enochayev Ba'achriyuso makes you feel good. Oh, I have no ongoing responsibility for this. True, you have no ongoing responsibility. You know why? Because the, the sacrificial ship has sailed. Right? At the end of the day, I've lost the opportunity. 
And what Shlomo HaMelech teaches us, which is such a profound yisod, both say is that there are some opportunities in life that if you let them slip through your fingers, when you decide to wake up, maybe they'll still be there. But more often than not, when you let opportunity go, when you let it slip through your fingers, and then I decide to wake up at some point in time, more often than not, when I wake up and I want the opportunity, the opportunity has already moved on. Mu'uvas lo yuchaliskon. We will say there are some things in life that we break that cannot be made whole. Some things in life that are crooked that cannot be fixed. There's a number of lessons embedded in this. So we'll say, which is, see, it's actually interesting. This drasha is not focusing on that first part of the Pasuk. The drasha is really focusing on the second part of the Pasuk. The chesron lo yuchalihimanos, that which is missing cannot be counted. Which means you missed your opportunity. You missed your opportunity. It's gone. It's gone. The first part of the puzzle is talking about something a little bit different, which is not every mistake is fixable, which, which is an overwhelming yisod in life that we all learn over the course of the journey in life. A lot of things are fixable, but there are many things we do in life that can simply not be undone. So the Gemara goes, the Mishnah goes, Omer, what's an example of something that is crooked? that cannot be straightened, or something that is broken, that cannot be fixed. So he gives an extreme example. This is a pretty extreme example. A man who has an illicit relationship and fathers a mamzer. Once you father a mamzer, there's no undoing that act. In other words, we're going to, the Gemara is going to discuss sometimes even an act itself of illicit relations can't be undone. We'll discuss that. But Lamaisa, what it's saying over here is that sometimes there are results that I create through my negative activities. And even though I'm about tshuva, right? I, I, I want to do better. I, I realize the error of my ways. I, I want to live differently. I want to do better. I can't walk it back. I can't walk it back. I will say, it's one of the most humbling things in life that we all encounter. I mean, not, hopefully not the moms are part, but, 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 I will say, but, 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 you know, but there, there are other things in life that, that, that we encounter that I do something wrong, I make a ser- serious mistake, and I realize it, and I own it, and I own it, and I want to do tshuva for it. And as an individual, like between myself and Hashem, I can do tshuva for it. But I've created my realities in my life that I can't undo. I, I just, I can't undo them, no matter how sorry I am. Th- this is what it is. These are the realities. I'm saying it's an overwhelming thing because so much of who we are is focused on the concept of tshuva. That no matter what corner I back myself into, I can get myself out of it. That's the power of tshuva. And that is true. That is absolutely true. But lamaisa, lamaisa, at the end of the day, there are some things you can't undo. There are some realities that simply cannot be undone. There are some results that you just simply cannot walk back. So the Mishnah goes on. Because if you think that it's talking about someone who steals, right? Gineva, Gizela, both are different types of theft. The truth is that can be undone. How so? You can remedy if you steal something from someone, right? I could, I could walk that back, right? I could return the stolen object. And even if the object is no longer extant, I could pay back money. Listen to this. So it's interesting. It says, remember, Shalom Alech says, something that is crooked cannot be made straight. So Rashbi says, well, it's incredible. We saw Rashbi last night in, in our Chassidus Chabura, in the Chalban Chabura. So Rashbi says, Rav Shemayachai says, 
you can't call something crooked if it wasn't initially straight. Right? So as I was saying, the state of crookedness really only impacts something that was at first straight. Right? At first it was fixed. In other words, you, you can't be broken. You can't be broken if you were never in a fixed state. It's actually very profound. He says, So you're only called crooked if first you were straight and then became crooked. So who does that refer to? say, who is the person who becomes crooked? Who is the person who becomes crooked? The tamtrach. In other words, first I have to be straight. First I have to be straight. Who's the person who's straight? That's the tamtrach. That's the Talmud Chacham. So we'll say someone, so Shlomach is referring to a, pers- to a person who was first in a state of what we'll call straightness, right? Of fixedness, right? He, he was ultimately Metukon. He was Metukon. And then ultimately, again, then he veered, did something that unfortunately has irreversible results. So I'll say, what I want to be clear is, in the world of Tshuva, there aren't necessarily irreversible consequences, Right, because I could, I tshuva could help me with the consequences of my act. But what the Mishnah is trying to highlight over here is there are such things as, as as irreversible results. Right, in other words, I can't I can't undo certain results. A man has a, an illicit relationship and fathers a mamzer that is an irreversible result. The consequences of that, my personal consequences, maybe I could work out with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But Rashbi says, and this is really fascinating. Rashbi says. The Pasik itself only applies to someone who started life in a straight state, right? In a matukan state, and then went ahead and did something wrong. But if a person was always broken, I will say it's an incredible yisod because sometimes people do things in life and we get very upset at them or, we're, or, or, or what they do is incredibly hurtful. And sometimes it's important to understand there are people in life who have always been broken. They've always been broken. That could be a result of the home that they were brought up in. That could be a result of just a series of bad life decisions. They've always been broken. And sometimes when a person has always been broken, it's hard to expect them to make proper decisions. It's hard to expect them. So this is incredibly, what Surah says, sometimes in life there's only a real expectation of doing the right thing and doing good thing. If you have a frame of reference for that, you have a context for that. But if you've been broken your whole life, a person who's been broken their whole life, ultimately, again, what else do they know but broken decisions. We'll get into this more. Says the Gemara. Both say, so back to the beginning of the Mishnah. So in Hanimili, from where do we know this? And also, from how do we know what? From how do we know that Allah Chalamaisa, if you did not offer your Chagiga on day number one, that what? You have the opportunity to offer it over the course of Yamtiv. How do we know that? So Am Rabbi Yochanan, Yishon Rabbi Shmuel, Ne'emar Atzeres B'Shvi'i Shal Pesach, V'Ne'emar Atzeres B'Shmini Shal Chag. It says the word Atzeres on the seventh day of Pesach. And it says that Saras on the eighth day of Yom Tiv, uh, eighth day of Sukkot. And we'll say, of course, eighth day, there is no eighth day of Sukkot. It says, it says that Saras on Shemini at Saras. So, but it calls it the eighth day of Sukkot. Ma'alahalan la Tashlumin. Now, we'll say, just like the Torah says, at Saras by the seventh day of Pesach to highlight the idea that the seventh day of Pesach is still Yom Tiv. And therefore, for some reason, you didn't offer up your Chagiga over the course of Pesach. You can still go ahead and offer it up when on the seventh day of Pesach. So, to Afkan la Tashlumin. So too, by Sukkis, by Shemini Atzeres, if you did not offer up your carbon over the, your Chagiga, over the course of Sukkis, you could offer it up through the Yom Tiv, even onto Shemini Atzeres. 
So the Gemara says, Mufna? That will say, now the Lashon of Mufna means as follows. Remember, in order to make a Gzir, right? Gzir Shava 101. Right? Gzir Shava 101, we know. Then order, what's a Gzir Shava? What's a Gzir Shava? I find the same word in two different places, and that allows me to create a halachic bridge between two different topics. Well, in order to be able to do that, the word that is used for the Gzir Shava must be Mufna, must be open. In other words, unused for any other drushas. So the Gemara says, is the word atzeres mufna? Is it open and available for other drushas? To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, mufna di'ilav mufna, because if the word atzeres is not mufna, I can ask a kasha on this gzir shava. Ikula mifrach. What's the pircha? It's understandable that the seventh day of Pesach can be used for Tashlum and to make up the Chagiga. Why? Because the seventh day of Pesach is the same as the sixth, the same as the fifth, the same as the fourth, the third, the second, and the first. All of the days of Pesach are sacrificially the same. Right? So therefore, I will say again, it makes sense that you can, or I should say, they're, they're, they're at least sacrificially common. So therefore, again, it makes sense you can make up for the Chagiga on day number seven. However, so the Gemara says, Masha'in Kain, Tomar Bishmini, Shalchag, Shechaluk, Milafanov. But I will say, ultimately, again, Shmini Atzeres, remember again, has a fundamentally different sacrificial order than the days before it. Remember again, and Shmini Atzeres, you're only bringing one power. So I will say, so again, therefore, Loi, Afnu Ye Mufna. Ultimately, again, that's why we have to make sure that the word Atzeres is indeed open for this drasha, because if the word Atzeres is not open, in Halacha Lamaisa, I could demolish this, this, Gzir Shava, with this Pircha, with this question. To which the Gemara says, Michti, Mayat Saras, what does that Saras mean? Atsur Ba'asiyas Melacha. The Pasuk says, what does that Saras mean? That Saras means stop. Right? It's interesting. Like you often translate that Saras as like a, a holy, a holy assembly. But the truth is, the word that Saras really means Atsur, to stop. It means that Saras means a day in which I don't do malacha. I, but why do I need the Torah to say that? Haksiv lo malacha. Torah already says don't do malacha. So why do I need that Saras also? At Saras the cause of Rahman Alamali. So we'll say, why do I need the word at Saras? Rather, I'll say, what do you see? That the word at Saras is extra. That I'll say, the beautiful part is there are no extra words in the Torah. In other words, it's extra that I don't need it to teach me the stated context. In other words, I don't need Atzeres to teach me that I can't do Malacha on Shmini Atzeres. Why don't I need it? Because the Torah already explicitly says, Lo sasa malacha, don't do Malacha. So therefore, I will say the Atzeres word is open. It's Mufna. It's quote-unquote extra. And therefore, because it's not needed to dash in anything for Shmini Atzeres itself, it's able to create the Gzir Shava with the seventh day of Pesach and to teach me the following Halacha. Just like the seventh day of Pesach could be a makeup day if you didn't offer up the Chagiga up until that point in time, so too Shmini Atzeres could be a makeup date to offer up the Chagiga of Sukkis if you have not brought it until that point in time. But Tano, my Sidem Hacha, but say, our Tano learns it from a different place. Tisanyo, Vichagosim, also Chagla Hashem Shivas Yomim. The Pasik says, right, you will go ahead and celebrate it as a Chagla Hashem for seven days. So we'll say, watch this. You might have thought that you have to bring a Chagiga all seven days. Maybe that's what it means. We already spoke about this a little bit. You might have thought that the Chagiga has to be brought all seven days. Therefore, the Pasuk says on it, 
You only have to observe the first day with Chagiga, but you need not bring a Chagiga all seven days. If that's the case, I say, say, here's what's interesting. I say, you hear, you hear the problem? The positive is, You shall celebrate it with a carbon Chagiga for seven days. So you might so say, Pasha Pshat, everything that means you have to bring a Chagiga all seven days. Any single time you show up in the basement, you've got to bring a Chagiga. To which the Lord says, no. It says, V'chagosem oso. You'll bring the Chagiga oso on it, on it. On it refers to what? Refers to what? First day yamtiv. I so what do I do with Shivas Yamin? What do I do with that? Oh, Shivas Yamin teaches me what? Tashlumin. If I don't go ahead and bring the Karbon on the first day of Pesach, I what? Bring it over the seven days. So I'll say, so they're just, I'm just pointing out over here, they're just different drushes to accomplish, to, to get to the same conclusion, right? The conclusion everyone agrees with, which is, if you for some reason didn't get to bring your Chagiga on day number one, then the Halacha is, you can bring it over the course of Yom Tiv. You're right, you can bring it anytime over the course of the eight days of, or seven days, eight days of Yom Tiv. Again, do I learn that out from Chagosim, also Shivas Yomim, or Atzeres, Atzeres, Kizir Shaba? Satsamachlokes. So we'll say, so that's Pesach. That's Pesach. How do I know about Sukkis? That if I did not offer up the Chagiga on the first day of Yom Tiv, that I could go ahead and offer up the Chagiga, the rest of Sukkis, and even on Shemini Atzeres. The Pasik says, in the seventh month, you shall bring the Chagiga. So we'll say, Tachogu also. So we'll say, now listen to this. Now remember, Sukkot is in the seventh month. So we'll say, what does that mean? That I can bring the Chagiga the entire seventh month. Remember, Tishrei is the seventh month. That I can bring the, the Chagiga the entire seventh month. Talmud Lomar, also. Therefore, the Pasik says, Vechagosem, also. Once again, by Chodesh Hashvi, Tachogu, also. Also, Atachogig, Viatachogig, Chutzalo. It means you could go ahead and bring the Chagiga on Yom Tiv. Right on the Yantiv of Sukkis, teaches me Tashlumin by Sukkis. So according to this approach, it's interesting. The first Manda Amar uses the Gzeir Shava of Atzeres Atzeres. Now, both say the beauty of Atzeres Atzeres is it's one Limud that brings in both Pesach and Shavuos. Obviously, who's missing from the party over here? That's right, Pesach and Sukkis, I said it. And who's missing from the party? Right, Shavuos. That's not a problem because once you find this by Tura Golem, obviously whatever applies to two is going to apply by the third as well. So we'll say, so again, one drasha just has Atzeres, Atzeres. Other drushas has a separate drasha for Pesach and for Sukkis. Good. But everyone arriving at the same conclusion, which is, you offer up your Chagig on day number one. If you fail to do so on day number one, you can make it up over the course of the other. I will say, so now watch this. This is really fascinating. Umay Tashlumen. So I will say, what, now what does this mean? I will say, we actually saw this at the beginning of the Masechta. This was, we actually saw this alluded to on Daf Beis. Very exciting. So we'll say, so let's listen to this. Umay Tashlumen. So we'll say, when we say you can make up for the Chagiga, what, what exactly, what are the mechanics of the makeup? So we'll say, here's, here's, and this is where kind of this sugya and the previous sugya kind of collide. What's clear to note over here is that the Chagiga is a function of the first day of Yom Tiv. So once I know that, what's the mechanism for makeup, right? What's the mechanism for making it up on a day other than day number one? So watch this. Rabbi Yochanan says, it's very simple. 
In other words, if you can't offer it up or didn't offer it up on day number one, so the subsequent days of Yantiv have the ability to be a makeup for day number one. But I will say, but everything is about day number one. It's just if I don't offer it up on day number one, I could offer it up on day two. But it's not really the pshat that I'm offering up on day two. I'm offering up on day two as what? As what? As a makeup for day number one. Everything is tethered back to day number one. Raboshia Amar Tashlumen Zelazer. Raboshia says no. Essentially, I will say what happens is as follows. If you don't offer it up on day number one, what effectively happens? The obligation transfers to day two. But once that happens, there's no longer a day number one. In other words, it's transferred. It's transferred. So I will say, this is a fundamental machlokis. Do we say that when you miss day number one, so ultimately the obligation is transferred to day number two? Right? It's tra- literally transferred. That's Raboshia. Tashlum and Zelazah. Or no, it's, it's not a transfer. Everything, it's just everything has the ability to be a makeup for day number one. But the obligation is rooted in day number one. Now, you'll say to yourself, I don't know, it sounds like the same thing, right? What does it matter? Either way, practically, I'm able to make it up on subsequent days. Watch this. My man, I was looking around says, Nusa, what's the Nafkamina? What's the Nafkamina? I'm Rabbi Zero, watch this. We learned this. Chiger biom rishon, then ispashe biom sheni ikabinaya. Wow. But it's such a fascinating case. Here's the difference. What happens? If a person was crippled on day number one and Baruch Hashem was healed on day number two. Right? So we'll say, now when we say crippled, crippled sounds very dramatic. The idea is, I couldn't walk on day number one. We'll say, now what happens if you can't walk on day number one? What's that lacha if you can't walk? You're patta from, from Re'iyah. Patta from Re'iyah. So in this case of here, I could not walk on day number one, but Baruch Hashem, by day number two, I was healed. So we'll say, so now what's the shayla? Do I have, right? Right, right. Not like an evangelical, I was healed. Not, not like that one, right? So I'll say, so, 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 so again, so again, now, am I obligated in Chagiga on day number two? So I'll say, watch this. So let's talk this out. So Rabbi Yochanan, who says that the makeup on subsequent days is already rooted in day number one. If you are not chayiv on day number one, then what? Then what? As they say, in almat lidaber. There's nothing more to talk about. You're not chayiv. You're not chayiv. Because the entire obligation for chagiga stems from day number one. So if I was not chayiv on the root, at the root, at day number one, the fact that I can walk now on day number two, good for me, good for me, but I'm not chayiv in chagiga. Since I was not obligated on day number one, I have no further obligation on day number two. Raboshia Amar Tashlumen Zelaza. Raboshia says that in fact, again, each day is a makeup for the other. And therefore, Raboshia, even though I was not chayv on day number one, the obligation transfers to day number two. And now that halacha lamaisa, again, I can walk on day number two, I am obligated. So I will say a profound and powerful nafkamina for a person who was, who was literally exempt on day one, but becomes obligated on day two. According to Rabbi Yochanan, you're out. Once you're, once you're exempt on day number one, you are exempt for the rest of Yom Tiv. According to Rabbi Ushia, no, the obligation transfers. So even though I was exempt on day number one, if, I, if I'm able to do it on day number two, I'm going to be chayiv. So says the Gemara, so says the Gemara as follows, Rabbi Yochanan Haki, did Rabbi Yochanan actually say this? Did Rabbi Yochanan actually say this? Now, what's the problem? Watch this. We'll see an interesting case. Nitma bayom mevi balayla. Mevi, sorry. So we'll say, here, here's the case. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Nitma bayom. We're going to do this quickly. Rashi says, Bekrisos tnan nazir mevi karban echad akal tumas harbe. Vamar chizkiya nitma bayom ches. So we'll say, here's the case. I have a nazir who became tame. 
Right, so what happens if a Nazar becomes Tameh? He observes, again, let's say he comes in contact with a corpse, right? He, all right, he, he becomes Tameh. He observes a seven-day duration of Tara. So now what happens? So the Nazir, so we'll say, so if you have a situation of a Nazir who encounters repeated periods of Tumah. So look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, So listen to this. You have a Nazir who observed seven days of Tara. Right, so he went to the mikvah. He went to the mikvah. Remember again, now he's had hair of Shemesh. On day eight, he's going to bring his karbanos. So here's the case. The case is nitma bayom. So we'll say now, let's say on day eight, he becomes tame again. He becomes tame again. So we'll say, so now he's going to have to go through another period of tara. But what's the halacha? Maybe. I will say now, here's the case. The case is he became tame again on day number eight before he had the opportunity to bring his karbanos for his first tumah. Now he's going to go ahead and go through the process of his second Tumah. When he gets through the process of his second Tumah, both say, what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? How many sets of Karbanos does he have to bring? So Chizkiah says as follows. Chizkiah says, well, if he became Tumah on day eight, that means the obligation for the Karbanos for the first Tumah devolved upon him already. So when he becomes Tahar after the second Tumah, he's going to have to bring what? Two sets of karbanos, right? One for the first tumah, one for the second tumah. Pretty straightforward. Conversely, let's say the Nazir, who became Tame, who became Tame, now became Tar, so he, he observed seven days. He went to the mikvah on day number seven. On night eight, he becomes Tame again. So he's going to have to observe another period of Tara. But Chizkiah says when he becomes Tar, he's only going to have to bring what? One set of karbanos, right? For the second tumah, but not for the first. Why? Because since he became Tame, before day eight, when he could have brought the karbanos. Therefore, again, he's not chayev karbanos for the first tumah, only chayev karbanos for the second tumah. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, af balayla nami mevi. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, not true. Even if he becomes tameh on night eight, after he undergoes his second tara process, he's going to have to bring two sets of karbanos, right? One for his second tumah and one for his first tumah. And I look at Rashi. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rishona, since on day number seven, he already immersed for his first tumah, the herif shmasho and the sunset, nishayiv bekarban. See, Rabbi Yochanan says as follows. Once night number eight comes, the Nazir is already chayiv in his karbanos for tumah, or for tara in this case. He's already chayiv in his karbanos. Now I will say, so once night eight comes, you're already chayiv. Now even though what? Even though what? You can't offer it until day number eight, but the obligation devolves upon him already on night number eight. Look at Rashi. So we'll say, what do you see from here? You see from the Rekhoi Trabi Yochanan, if you have a situation where a person can't bring a carbon, ultimately, again, they're still obligated to make it up. So in this case over here, the Nazir becomes Tameh again on night number eight. Rabbi Yochanan says, well, night number eight comes, you're chayiv in the carbon, you're chayiv in the carbon, you can't bring it, but nevertheless, you're chayiv to make it up. So the Gemara is asking a question Rabbi Yochanan, because we'll say, what does Rabbi Yochanan say in, in, in our case? Rabbi Yochanan says that if you have a guy who can't walk on day number one, but can walk Baruch Hashem on day number two, what's his obligation for Chagiga? None at all. Because Rabbi Yochanan will say, since you couldn't bring it on day number one, you're not chayyeh for any tashlumin. But one second, but Rabbi Yochanan just said that the Nazir who becomes Tameh on night number eight, 
after he undergoes his second Torah process, will have to bring two sets of karbonos. I, but at night you can't bring the carbon. It's true, you can't bring it, but the obligation sits on you, and therefore you're obligated to make it up. So that's a kash that Rabbi Yochanan holds in our case over here, by Chagiga, to which the Gemara says, no, no, Rabbi Yermia, shiny tuma, the yeshla tashlum of Pesach Sheni. We'll say tuma's different. Tuma's different. Because we'll say built into the halachos of tuma is the concept of a makeup. Right? So we'll say, what's the paradigmatic example of makeup by tuma? Pesach Sheni. Right? What does Pesach Sheni say? If you're Tamei by Pesach Rishon, you have a makeup date. So we'll say, so the Gemara essentially saying is it's apples and oranges, right? It's, in other words, it's two different cases. You can't compare the case of Chagiga to the case of Tumah, because Tumah by definition has the concept of a makeup built into it. So, Maske for Papa, Hani Chalamandamar Pesach Sheni, Amud Beis, Tashlum and Derishon. So we'll say, that makes sense according to the opinion that says that Pesach Sheni is indeed a tashlumin. However, Al-Lamanda Amr, Shani Rega Bifne Atzmo, and I will say, now listen to this, listen to this, but according to the opinion who says that Pesach Shani, I will say, is what? Is a Yom unto itself, right? Is its own independent Yom It's not a Tashlumen for Pesach. The difference is that separate independent Yom is only triggered when? Only triggered when? If you did not have Pesach Rishon, but it's not a tashlumen, right? They will say it's not considered to be a makeup. It's a sabiyanda. They will say you say to yourself again. We, we learn. It's very exciting. We learn this sugya. Boss, remember the nafkamina we saw in the gemara. The gemara says, "What's the nafkamina between a pesach Risha, pesach sheni?" Is the yantav if Remember the nafkamina? Someone converts a ger. Ger shenis gayer ben pesach Risha on the pesach sheni. So say. So what's the shaila? Is the convert obligated in the Pesach Sheni? So remember the Gemara, what did the Gemara say? If you hold that Pesach Sheni is a Tashlumin, then is the Ger Chayiv in Pesach Sheni? No, because no, he wasn't Jewish at Pesach Rishon. But if you hold that it's a Yomtiv Bifne Atzma, it's its own Yomtiv, then Enochinami, the Ger will be Chayiv. Alaman Dhamma Sheni Rega Bifne Atzma. The Gemara says, Maikalamim. Allah Amra Papa. Kasar Rabbi Yochanan. Laila Eno Mochos Rizman. Rather, I will say the truth is this is a different discussion. Rabbi Yochanan holds that Allah Halamaisa nighttime is not considered to be Mukhosrazman by Karbanas, right? They will say Mukhosrazman means lacking time, meaning that a person has not yet arrived at the right time to be Chayv in Karbanas. Rabbi Yochanan has a unique position, and he holds nighttime is not considered to be Mukhosrazman. Even though I can't offer up Karbanas at night, it's considered to be as if I'm already Chayv in the Karbanas. Therefore, I will say that's why Rabbi Yochanan holds. That if the Nazir, right, Nazir becomes Tame, goes through his period of Tara, goes through seven days, on day number seven, he goes ahead and, like in a perfect world, day number seven, he goes to the mikvah, has hair of Shemesh, sun goes down, sun comes up on day number eight, what does he do? He offers up his karbanos. Rabbi Yochanan holds that already the night, night of day eight, the night, right, night eight, he's already chayiv in karbanos. He's already chayiv in karbanos. In other words, even though he can't offer it up, he's already chayiv. Because he's already chayiv, that's a Rabbi Yochanan holds that if he were to become Tameh again that night and have to observe another period of Tara, at the end of the second period of Tara, he'd be obligated to do what? Bring two sets of karbanos. One for his first Tumah, because he already became Chayib in Karbanos that night, and one for his second Tumah. But the Gemara effectively says that Halacha Lamaisa, what Rabbi Yochanan says by Mitzorah, by the case of Tumah, is just a different set of Halachos than what Rabbi Yochanan holds by Chagiga. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say that? 
if a person had a re'iyah, right? This is talking about a person who had a man who had an emission. One emission at night and two by day, maybe. Then you bring a carbon. Remember again, person has three emissions, he becomes a Zav Gadol, right? He becomes a right. Remember again, so two emissions, Shivan Akim, seven clean days, right? Three emissions ultimately has to bring a carbon. So Rabbi Yochanan says, if there was one Re'iyah at night and two Re'iyos by day, maybe, Shtayim Abalai Lava'achas Bayom. But if he had two Re'iyos at night and one by day, Eino maybe. Eino maybe. And I will say, what's the logic? The logic is because Halacha Lamaisa, the Tumah began at night. And if Rabbi Yochanan really hold that Allah is not considered to be as we just said, maybe, then even if there are two reels by night and one by day, should be chayv in carbon. So you're right. So Rabbi Yochanan say, ultimately, again, Rabbi Yochanan is only espousing his position according to the one who says that Laila is Mukhosrzman. The divrei haomer, the shulimar, the divrei haomer pshita. That's obvious. According to the opinion, the laila is mechus as well. It's obvious. Shtayim bayom va'achas balaila. It's trichalei. I need the case of where there are two reios by day, one reia by night. Sagadai tchamina, because you might have thought kidas kidas kapsa. Sorry, kias kapsa. To Rav Shisha Bari Dravidi, like the shaila, like Rav Shisha Bari Dravidi. Rav says quoting. This is quoting a separate sugya. Kamashman kid Rav Yosef. Therefore, the Gemara says, no, we accept the re- refutation of Rav Yosef as we saw before in the previous Soya. Good, Rav Yosef. So bottom line, bottom line, halacha lemaisa. So Rav Yosef, how do we paskin in this particular case? Salacha lemaisa, we actually do paskin like Rav Yochanan. Namely, that we view, we view the halachos of Chagiga as everything is a tashlumin derishon. The subsequent days of Yom Tiv are considered to be a makeup for day number one, which means what? If halacha lemaisa, I was not obligated on day number one, then ultimately again, then I am exempt for the rest of yamtiv. Once you are exempt on day one, by definition, you are exempt for the rest of. Them. We pass like Rabbi Yochanan, not like Rabbi Oshia. Incredible. So we'll say, let's go back there. Very beautiful gemara ahead of us now. So the gemara says, "Ava harega v'lochag." So I say, if you go through Yom Tiv and you did not offer up the Chagiga, you're not obligated to make it up. So I say, Bar Hey Hey Lehillel. So I say, Bar Hey Hey said to Hillel, Hi Lehimanos, Lehimalos mi Baile. So I say, it's interesting. The wording of the Pasik doesn't doesn't read well. So Shalom Malach says, Vechesron lo Yuchalihimanos. That chesra means that which is lacking, that which is lacking cannot be counted. So Barhehe says to Hillel, it shouldn't say that which is lacking cannot be counted. It should say that which is lacking cannot be what? Filled in. Right? In other words, we'll say the opposite of chaser is not mana. The opposite of chaser is male. Right? Something is missing or it's full. Right? It's empty or it's full. So it's good shine though. So why doesn't it say lihimalos? So I'll say, listen to this. To which Hillel responded, Ella, what is he referring to? I'll say, this is so profound. Ze, rather, the Gemara says, Ze mitzvah, What are we talking about? We're talking about a guy whose friends, right? Whose friends ultimately, again, got together to do a mitzvah 
but he didn't join them. That's what it means. Vechesron lo himanos. He wasn't counted amongst his friends. Right? His friends were ready to do a mitzvah. Right? So he has a good cover. They're ready to do something positive. And he said, no, I'm too busy. Right? Can't, can't, can't do it right now. Ah. See, misat on an opportunity to perform a chesed. The chesron or mitzvah. The chesron lo himanos. If you're not counted with the chevra initially, then unfortunately, again, even if you choose to be counted later on, you often can't be counted. Taina Rechabais, that supports this. Oh, it is incredible. Muvas lo yuchal something that is bent cannot be fixed. What does that refer to? Zeshebitol kriyashma shal shachris or kriyashma shal arvis. This is a person who intentionally didn't say Shema in the morning, didn't say Shema in the evening, or purposely didn't daven. So I'll say, if I purposely don't say Shema, I'll say, I purposely don't say Shema, you can't make that up. So I'll remember again, if I accidentally miss davening, there's a makeup, but the mice, if I intentionally miss out, that's it. I'll say, an incredibly profound yisot. There are certain things where if you miss it, you miss it. If the ship sails, the ship sails. There's no makeup. There's absolutely no makeup. So the Gemara says, What does it mean? That which is absent, or that which is missing, cannot be counted. So I'll say that's ultimately, what does that refer to? That refers to someone whose friends got together to do a mitzvah, but he was not counted among them. I will say such an incredible yisod. When your friends, when your community is doing something positive and you choose to absent yourself from that, then sometimes when I wake up and I decide, hey, I'd love to be part of that, sometimes the ship has already sailed. So incredible. So I will say, so Barhei once again says to Hillel, what's the meaning in the Pasek when it says, you will see and you will, and you will return and you will see the difference between Tzadik and a Rasha, righteous person and a wicked person, between a person who serves God and doesn't serve God. So Barhei says, Tila, understand, isn't the Pasek repetitive? Hainu Tzadik, Hainu Obed Elokim, Hainu Rasha, Hainu Asher Lo Avdo. I will say, isn't a Tzadik the same thing as a person who serves Hashem, right? And the Rasha is the same thing as a person who doesn't serve Hashem. In other words, isn't the Pasik repetitive? I will say, listen to this answer. Hillel says, no. Amr Avdo Velo Avdu, Tarvayu Tzadike Gemuri Ninu. The truth is, you're right. Avdo Velo Avdo, right? A person who serves Hashem doesn't serve Hashem. They're really both tzaddikim gemurim. So I'll say, interesting. Both refer to the tzaddikim gemurim. So I'll say, what's your team person who serves Hashem and doesn't serve Hashem? They're both tzaddikim. You can't compare a person who reviews his learning a hundred times to a person who reviews his learning a hundred and one times. So what Hillel answers is, the Ovid Hashem is the person who reviews his learning 101 times. The person who doesn't serve Hashem, quote-unquote, as much, is the person who only reviews 100 times. So I will say, what is Tila ultimately saying? You could be a tzaddik. You could be a tzaddik. But I will say, what really makes a person an Oved Hashem? Going the extra mile. Going the extra mile. See, I will say, a tzaddik is someone who do, this goes back to Tzidkas HaTzaddik, by the way. A tzaddik goes back to what does what's expected of him. It's great. I review my learning. Review my learning is a metaphor. It doesn't have to be literal. I review my learning a hundred times. I will say, that's the, that, but, but what's an Oved Hashem? What's someone ultimately, again, who truly serves that culture? I will say, that's the person who pushes himself 
more. That's the person who exceeds expectations. That's the person who doesn't just do that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands me, but I push myself to do more. I push myself to be more. And I will say, I, I, but because of one time, so Barhei was bothered by this, because the tzaddik doesn't push himself to, to review the extra time, he's called someone who doesn't serve Hashem. So Rosh Hill gives a great answer. So he gives a great example. I'll contemporize it a little bit. Right? It's like going in a taxi. Going in a taxi. I will say, you know, it's an interesting thing. Right? You're in that taxi. You're watching the meter. You're watching the meter. And something amazing happens. Right? There's that moment where the fare goes up because ultimately, again, you, you've traveled that extra mile. Right? So you're looking at the fare. You're like, I'm pretty sure we're going to get there before it changes. Right? And it's amazing. For the extra moment that I'm in the taxi, it's another $5. Right? But, 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 but it, was, it was an extra five seconds. How is five seconds worth $5? Well, isn't it incredible that at a certain point in time, that extra little bit moves the needle in such a significant way? In other words, Ruchnius is not proportional. Spirituality is not proportional. So the, the, to use the metaphor over here, the reviewing 101 times versus 100 times is not just the pshat that I reviewed one extra time. Going the extra mile, reviewing that one extra time is like the meter, just simply switching over. The tire just moved a little bit, but one little movement of the tire, it's another $5. But it moved this much. Another, literally again, another $5. That I was like putting in the extra effort by Ruchnius yields a disproportionate, in a positive way, a disproportionately positive result. We'll say, isn't it incredible you sowed? So I do what's expected to me, that's incredible. I push myself further. It's not just the pshat that I get a little bit more ruchnius because I invested myself just a bit more. The little bit more investment, the little bit more of pushing myself yields a disproportionate result in my ruchnius. To the point that ultimately, again, the person who exerts the extra effort, that person is called the real Ovid Hashem. And when compared to the person who's still a tzaddik, but didn't exert the disproportionate effort, he's called Asher La Avdu, who didn't serve Hashem. It's incredible. So the Gemara says, This is incredible. This will have to stop. Eliyahu was talking to Barhehe. Hey. Isn't it incredible? And the Gemara kind of, just says this, like, matter of fact. Eliyahu Navi was talking to Barhehe. Okay. Ba'armadi Rabbalazar said, it wasn't Barhehe, it was Rabbalazar. What's the meaning of the Pasik? He needs Sifartichov Alobikasef. I have forged you, right? I have forged you, but not with money. Bechartichov Bekor Oni. I have literally chosen you, Bekor, in the cauldron of poverty. Melamit Shechazra Kodish Parachu Akomidos Tovos Litin Israel. Pasik, looked at all the various Midos. To give to, to give to Eretz Yisrael, to give to Klal Yisrael, and the best midah he found was the midah of poverty. This is what people say when they mean that poverty is as good for Klal Yisrael as a red ribbon is for a white horse. Well, serious, we have to stop here for today. I'm going to record the rest of the rest of the Daphne Hashem to the bottom today. Be my into this a little bit because incredible, incredible Gimaras. We'll say, Shkoyach, Shkoyach, on another incredible week of learning, Baruch Hashem. 
Now she should be zochet to many more weeks like this.